Support this podcast and keep us going. Go to everydaynovelist.com slash support to join up. Welcome to The Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 980. Today we hear from Charles, who asks... I enjoy the genre of sword and sorcery. Blame it on my youth when I would watch those cheesy films in the 1980s, but there was something... I love those cheesy films. Red Sonia for the win. But there was something about those that I enjoyed. Yes, even Arnold as Conan, though inaccurate, was still a joy to watch. This is the genre that I'm currently reading and plotting for Nano, and I was wondering if he had some tips for me as to how to make it less overly masculine and femininely toxic. I still want the hero with the sword saving the town and being the wandering sort of gent a la Kane from Kung Fu, but without the debauchery of James Bond, and more like the stoic hero of a Jack Reacher. In today's world, there is just no need for every woman to either be the evil sorceress or a sexual plaything. How can I stay true to the feel of sword and sorcery without staying so true that it is oppressive? Thanks as always, and good luck with your move. Thank you. We, uh, so far, are not having good luck with our move, but that might change next week. Of course, by the time you hear this, it'll be a done deal one way or the other. And we'll... As long as we're still alive. As long as we're still alive. <laughs> what a saga. We're going to have to, like, the first Shipfire Ranch episode, we're going to have to tell the whole story. No one's going to believe it. So, I know you're not supposed to pick fights with the audience, but I can't quite let this one go. You can't oppress someone with a story. And I think that's really important because the concept of, of oppression is really important. Oppression takes force. People who don't like your story can decline to read it. And this is a bit of a hobby horse for me because I grew up in the religious right. And you know, everyone was saying that violent video games make people or turn people into school shooters and pornography is going to turn everybody into rapists. And the data is exactly the opposite. People that have a fantasy outlet for their darker impulses and whatnot are, on the whole, less likely to behave in those destructive fashions in real life because our darker impulses are built into the fabric of who we are. The other way of thinking about things require that you think that there is no fabric of who we are. And human history is far too consistent about the way human nature works for me to buy into that. So, But your question is a good one, because just because fantasy about our darker impulses it may be healthy or may not be harmful in the way you're afraid of, it still doesn't mean that you necessarily want to write it mm-hmm. um, or or go there. So let's talk about that. Oddly, as I was listening to your question, Kung Fu came to mind. Oh, he does mention Kung uh, Oh, he did? Kung, he, he did he does, mention Kung Fu? He does mention Kung Fu movies. Um, okay, well, no, I meant the TV series Kung Fu, which is actually... Kane from oh, Kung Kane Fu. from Kung Fu. Okay, well, no wonder Kung Fu came to mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, Kung Fu is actually a pretty good, uh, pretty good thing. Have Gun, Will Travel is uh, a Western, is the Western upon which Kung Fu was basically based. Um, the idea of the traveling paladin who is 
uh, always solving people's problems. The Equalizer is a contemporary version of that. Uh, well, not contemporary. It was back in the 80s, but it's the same kind of thing, just in a, what was then a modern-day setting. The the roving Avenger who solves problems like Jack Reacher. Mm-hmm. That uh, these are all versions of the kinds of adventure fiction that you're talking about, um, and they're versions that pull from an older tradition. Um, okay, so adventure fiction is rooted. Um, uh, uh, sorry, sword and sorcery fiction is rooted in the mythic traditions like the Epic of Gilgamesh and the Odyssey and whatnot. And in those stories, the archetypal nature of femininity is what's interesting for the writer. And that's why women tend to be dangerous or virginal or really seductive. Yeah, it's because those are basically... Or or they tend to be old, wise crones or old... uh, um, crafty crones, because those are basically the four female archetypes that live in the male brain. Um, those and the mothers. I was going to yeah, say, so what about sorry, mothers? There's five. <laughs> I forgot about the mothers. And so, in ancient myth, those are the five types of women you run into. And because the adventurer is traveling and doesn't have ties to home and is interested in risk-taking, he often gravitates much more towards taking risks to save the imprisoned virginal princess, to getting involved with the seductive thief or the evil queen, and all of those kinds of things. It's just sort of a byproduct of the kind of story it is. However, there is a similar type of story that treats things a little differently. And that is your medieval romance. And romance, in this sense, is not romance like the Harlequin romance. The medieval romance is the story of the knight who sallies forth into the wilds to seek his fortune, to do justice, and to resist temptation. And that was a really important part of the stories. And so the knights tended not to... They they did encounter the seductresses and whatnot, but the emphasis of the story was not so much on the knights' sexual conquests or whatnot. The emphasis of the stories were much more often on the knights' desire to see justice done. And those are the the strains of mythology from which the from which the paladin tales and the roving avenger of the western tradition and by that i mean western like frontier are drawn so that's a picture of masculinity that is less tied to the ancient conquering uh, barbarian or the uh, rapacious pirate than are the sword and sorcery genre, but they're compatible enough that you should be able to do that kind of character in a sword and sorcery setting. So basically what you're saying is to write sword and sorcery with a Western in mind. Yeah, or or to to put a Western in a sword and sorcery setting. Okay. And um, I think that you'll find that the tropes and the genre expectations are similar enough that the audience will buy it, but they will suit your expressed sensibilities much better. Mm-hmm. And, and you have it in, with um, the Western, 
you have an interesting set of of female archetypes that won't be accessible to the sword and sorcery. You have that's right. You have the widowed homesteader. You have the um, proprietress of a bar. You you have the the independent businesswoman, not just the proprietress of the bar or the whorehouse, but the um, the wizened sort of gender atypical leader of a wagon train or mm. a gold mining town. And there were these women in the real old west. Yes. Us. And there were um, cowboys that were women, shopkeepers, and you have a lot of a lot of mileage having um, your interesting female characters in that kind of a setting be the widowed characters, simply because in that type of setting, if you're widowed, you take over your family business, so you have access to things that you might not otherwise be if you were a single woman, or a, or a married woman. Or a married woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in in those kinds of societies, widows are sort of honorarily sexless. And being honorarily sexless, they become sort of honorarily male. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that they're not allowed to have sexual relationships. Those are governed by whatever the customs of the tribe, the era, etc. are. Mm-hmm. But it means that they have a different social rank that is... It's often pushed towards the outside a bit, but it is often also higher. Mm-hmm. And so you've got uh, a lot of latitude for developing unconventional characters yes. in, uh, in those kinds of settings. Mm-hmm. And developing unconventional characters that don't break the constraints of the milieu, which is the tough part when you're writing uh, feminist um, high fantasy. Yes. Because a lot... The most difficult part of writing feminist-friendly fiction in a milieu that is not today's is that you, by default, import your own prejudices about what female empowerment means. But those prejudices are highly are highly predicated on the peculiarities of our own historical context. So what you want to do is you want to look at your own ideas about that and at the principles underlying them and figure out how those principles might express themselves in the world that you're writing in. And in that way, you can write some really amazingly memorable female characters that are properly empowered and um, that fit your value system without feeling like you're just sticking a modern woman into that context. Mm-hmm. A really great example of this, actually, is the character of Eliana, I think her name was, in Pillars of the Earth, who built herself a wool trading business. Mm. Um, after having her family, she was a noble woman whose family lands were taken. She was made into a pauper. Um, her, she had a useless, shiftless brother who wanted to be a knight that she was always trying to keep in enough armor to make him respectable. And, you know, she's abused, she's raped, she's harried from one place to another for the whole first quarter of the book. And then she decides she doesn't want to deal, she doesn't want her life to be this way. And so she starts looking for opportunities and she, over the course of about ten years, becomes the wool tycoon of central England. And she builds this business that makes her tremendous, not just tremendous amounts of money, but tremendous amounts of social power and social capital. 
And that's a really good example of how to do this kind of character or how to do feminism in this kind of world that's mm -hmm. a very male-dominated, brawn type of world. Mm -hmm. Think carefully about what women in these kinds of milieus, what their constraints would be, and how they might form for themselves some level of independence and um, competence mm -hmm. that allows them to exist as empowered figures in these environments. And then let your main character discover that this is an unusual person who is definitely a force to be reckoned with. So, yep, there we go. Thank you very much for the question, Charles, and we'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written by J. Daniel Sawyer and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty Nakian and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2021 J. Daniel Sawyer and the production is copyright 2021 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License and all other rights are reserved to their respective owners.